I am your host, Carter Chapley, and this week on Billik and Babble, we have Stu Ludicky of Busting Brackets and UMass Twitter fame to help us get ready for the flagship, to get ready for the Minutemen, as the Billikens have back-to-back matchups with the UMass Minutemen. It has been a difficult year for those up in Massachusetts. They've had a challenging season thus far, but Stu helps us get ready for them in the best way he can. He gives us a breakdown of some of their star players, their offensive successes, their defensive failures, and what comes next for Matt McCall at UMass. So let's get to him to get us prepared for this game now. We now welcome on to Billiken Babble, Stu Ludicky. Stu, how are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. Stu is going to help take care of the flagship for us, help us get prepared for UMass. But Stu, can you tell us where we can find you and and, and how you cover the team? Uh, sure, yeah. I'm mainly on Twitter. Find me at sludic 93 I also occasionally write for Busting Brackets, the college basketball blog on Fansided. It's been a while as a new dad, but if I'm going to put a piece out, that's where I'll be putting it. Well, first and foremost, congratulations. That's an exciting life achievement, and no one can blame you for not putting out anything like that. Tell us about what's been going on at UMass. It seems like there's a little bit of uh, angst happening up there in in Massachusetts. It's kind of mixed feelings because it's still early-ish in the conference year. But when I looked at the schedule to this point through the first four games, I was not expecting us to be 0-4. I mean, there's some years when we start at 0-4 and and you can kind of say like, yeah, but look who we've played. You know, we've been at Bonna, at Dayton, at SLU, insert here. But this year we've had chances. We had Duquesne at home. We had a roadie team at home that just went to the wire with LaSalle at their place. So things have been disappointing, but I don't think I don't think this season's a complete lost cause just yet, but we really got to turn it around or else we're going to be pillow fighting for sure. Just a huge stretch coming up because it's getting to the point where if we don't get on the board soon, it's like, are we going to win more than two or three this year? So we got, we got to get the ball rolling. It's been an anxious start to the season. The Minutemen are seven and nine total and 0 and four in the Atlantic 10 after four losses against Richmond, Duquesne, Davidson and Rhode Island. And then they have the Billikens coming in for back-to-back games. It's been a bit of a transition year for UMass, a little frustration, Trey Mitchell leaving in the offseason. What have been the kind of highlights for this Minutemen team? It's it's kind of been a worse version of what we've been expecting as fans since the offseason. We knew we'd be able to score the ball, and we knew we'd have a powerful offense, especially behind the three-point line. And we knew we probably couldn't play much defense I think the goal going in was let's try to beat teams like 90 to 85 if we can. Um, But the defense has been significantly worse than any of us expected. But as far as positives, we definitely can score. We just need to figure out like, okay, can we keep the other team under 80? That's how we're going to win games. So I'm sure that's been the focus now 0-4 in practice saying, okay, it's time to actually give an iota of care on that end of the floor. The Minutemen are 36th in the nation in offense 332nd in defense, 41% from three. And I mean, you're absolutely right. One of the best offensive teams in the country. Who are some of the stars of that offense right now? 
it's funny going into the year it was kind of like okay we have a bunch of pretty good guys but with Trey leaving we don't really have any stars anymore but Noah Fernandes our point guard has kind of emerged as that guy like on any given night if somebody's going to score 25 it's Noah he's separated himself as easily our best player and as far as okay it's late in the game who's going to get the ball but other than that it's kind of a mishmash of guys that can go off on any given night Rich Kelly a guard transfer from BC has been pretty consistent he's shooting 50 percent or better from three this year probably averaging around 10 or 12 if I had to guess TJ Weeks he'll either get 17 or he'll get zero but when he when he's on the 17 side of things he's a real threat and then CJ Kelly is another great offensive player but again like so much of the team not really an ounce of defense there so we're still waiting for stars on the defensive side of the ball but we got plenty of guys that can fill it up Debaji Walker was a good defender I won't say he's the reason we're 0-4 because it takes a lot more than that but he kind of was our lockdown guy as far as who's going to guard the other team's best player on a given night. We're here with Stu Ludicky of Busting Brackets. Stu, at what point in the season do you really start to panic with this UMass team? I don't want to be too doom and gloom, but it, it feels like Matt McCall might be on the hot seat. Yeah, I'd say he definitely is at this point because just because it's year five, you know, like even with the COVID year at this point, he's got, you know, part of the problem for a while was, okay, he's got talent, but they're young. This year, we're one of the older teams in the league because some of those transfers I mentioned, like CJ Kelly, Rich Kelly, they're juniors and seniors. Trent Buttrick, Michael Stedman, our two primary big men are both grad transfer seniors. So there's not really any excuses at this point. You can say we're not as talented as we thought we should be, but at the same time, Matt, that's your fault as the roster constructor there. So I think the panic is already sort of a thing. A lot of UMass fans, myself included, kind of view Matt McCall as like, we expect that he's done, but we're waiting to be surprised. Like maybe he can save himself at this point. But yeah, I, th I think as far as his job is concerned, I think it's already that time. I don't want to speak too much in moral victories, obviously, you know, four games into the year, you're still looking for literal victories. But what would be a successful down the stretch expectation for this team? What what would you be a really positive end? At this point, avoid the Wednesday game in the A-10 tournament, which is still, I mean, like always, the bottom of the A-10 is still pretty bad as far as who, who are the very worst teams in the league. So, you know, I think even if we're not top six, I still think we can expect to be better than the LaSalle's and GW's, maybe even the Duquesne's and Fordham's, depending on how their season plays out. But at this point, I think that has to be the class we're considered in, but I'm hopeful that we can be the best out of that group. Stu, if you had to give a prediction for how the next two games go against the Billikens, what, what do you think would happen? Just sitting here, imagine. Um, God, it, it's, it's hard to separate myself from my UMass fanhood because I'm always going to like not totally take away the possibility that we run the table on the, in these two games, but... You know, we're not good enough at this point. We haven't shown enough on the road to win, to say we're going to win at Chaffetz as our first big road win. So automatically taking that out and saying that one's an L. But I do think that we finally get on the board at home. And I think that's going to be a tight one at the Mullen Center. But I think we go one and one over this stretch and come out of it one and five instead of a dismal and maybe unsalvageable 0 and 6, because at least one and five, you say, okay, we're on the board. It sounds like through all of this, what I should be doing is betting the over in both games. 
Stu, can you tell us where we can find some of your work and, and let us know how we can support what you do? Mainly uh, follow me on Twitter because that's been my main thing lately, just interacting with as many A-10 fans and, you know, pundits, quote unquote, as possible, uh, busting brackets. Watch out for me there and give them a follow on Twitter as well because they put out great work across the nation college basketball. Thanks so much for joining us today, Stu. Heck yeah, man. Good luck out there. Thank you again to Stu Ledeke for coming on to Billiken Babble and chatting about UMass hoops with us. It's a big couple of games against the Minutemen, one up in Amherst, the other back at Chaffetz Arena, and the Billikens are going to be favored in both games and should win both games. UMass is kind of in disrepair, and to lose a game to UMass, who is now 0-4, as mentioned in our segment with Stu, it would be traumatic to the Billikens' postseason hopes. And just overall team, I think you need to go in and beat that team. Regardless of how good on offense they are, I think you have the weapons to kind of guard them better than a lot of teams might. You have a lot of wing players, and if they're going to shoot threes, and they're going to shoot threes, they're one of the better three-point shooting teams, or I don't know if better is the right word, but that's what they do. They shoot threes, and you can guard on the wing, then that's going to be a valuable asset to have against them. And you just need to then score where the porous to put it lightly, UMass defense allows you to. Big stretch of games for the Billikens. Get two more. Keep climbing the ranks don't lose a step the conference is still very much in play you know two and one it's super early let's get that win total up and try and compete for the regular season title there's no reason you can't expect that join us after the game on my twitter spaces at chapley media to discuss the game come on bit of a call-in radio show kind of vibe chat give me your thoughts about the billikens and i'll kind of talk back to you get your input and, and we can go from there read my story on scoops with danny mack about Lassina Traore, the Billiken big man from West Africa, from the Ivory Coast. He's got an amazing story. He started playing basketball five years ago. He would search NBA highlights in internet cafes to get used to the games. So that is absolutely worth your time. It's one of my favorite stories I've ever done. So if you read anything of mine, go read that. It's worth it. It's a little long. I'll give it that. It's a feature, but it's worth it. He is a easy kid to root for, and after you read that, you'll understand why. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Be good to each other. Roll Bills.